This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. There we go. So who she does it again? Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast. My name is Britton Ransford. I'm the producer. I'm joined here by our hosts, Richie Herod of Herod Outdoors and Bob Loomis from Max Lure. Um, basically, over the next, you know, however long we decide to do this, we will be talking about everything outdoors, from hunting to fishing to camping and anything else you can think of that uh, involves the outdoors. Um, we'll interview, you know, experts, pro staff, people in the arena, and, uh, you know, go through tips and tactics, industry news. Um, basically, we're just going to talk about what you guys want to talk about. And um, so, myself, I am the marketing director at Max Lure. Um, I've been there for about four years. I uh, have a background in media. Um, I'm probably not going to be answering all of your questions about the outdoors, but that's why I have my two hosts here. Um, Richie, I'll let him introduce himself. I'm Richie Herod. I'm the owner of Herod Outdoors, and I've been doing this for about uh, since 2009, actually. And uh, we produce an outdoor television show called The Northwest Outdoorsman. And we also do um, recipe segments called Herod's Cookhouse, Field the Table. We produce those as part of the hunting and fishing shows, but then we also produce about nine full-length cooking episodes, which you can find on our YouTube channel. So I've been doing that for quite a while. Um, We're in our 11th season on air. And prior to that, I worked for the Forest Service in uh, Wildland Fire in the I'm kind of glad I'm not doing that any, anymore because one thing that would always happen to me with Bobby is uh, every time uh, we'd have a fire in the middle of summer and I'd have helicopters and airplanes and dozers and everything coming in and my phone would ring. I got two radios in my in my hand and I'd uh, answer the phone and it'd be Bobby and he'd get, Rich, where's the smoke? Bobby, now's not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of how that went, but uh, yeah, I did that for a long time and, and then retired a few years ago here to do this full-time, so that's uh, that's my story. <laughs> Your turn there, Bobby. He did, he, that was only part of the story because I would always call him and go, Rich, we need to be up at Conconelli right now. <laughs> yeah, I, there, I know. There's some really big fish going off. We, we need... Oh, I can't. I'm no, on a fire. Yeah, no, I'm going to be no, here for another four days. It's not a good time. <laughs> Great. Missed another one. Uh, my name is Bob Loomis. I'm uh, the sales director at uh, Max Lure. Uh, I've been in the uh, recreational fishing industry for almost 39 years and uh, a number of different capacities, but... Uh, it's something that I absolutely love. It's a it's a passion, so it's not a job. And you know, in working and, and meeting the different individuals that I have uh, throughout the years, you know, doing stuff like what we're doing right now is uh, it, it's all it's all new. It, it's uh, it's 
fantastic it's stuff that you wish you could have done you know 25 years ago that, that didn't exist yeah. and uh you know meeting people and working with people like richie and and britain you know it, it's fantastic because you know a lot of it is, is is nothing but storytelling and and you know you every time you go out it's an adventure it doesn't matter what it is whether you're going out uh fishing for goldfish uh <laughs> you know in the back pond or Which he would you do. know you're you're out uh, on the saltwater uh, uh catching halibut it, it doesn't matter it, every one of them has some type of story or something uh, that really you know excites you and if you don't get excited while you're out there catching goldfish you shouldn't be out there right so it, it's uh it's something that that uh, this this whole uh, thought process of uh, what Richie and and Britton have put together uh, is a fantastic idea. Awesome. Well, let's uh, not waste any time and get into uh, our first talking point this week. Um, Richie, last month you went down to Eastern Oregon and uh, did a little elk hunt. You want to oh. talk to us about that? Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe the way I should start this out is that I'm a bow hunter, avid bow hunter. Um, unlike Bobby, I have a little bit of patience. None, zero. Yeah, he has zero. He's he's got to go with the rifle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've been bow hunting for a, a little over thirty years now, I think it is. And um, you know, it's a passion of mine. It's something that even all those years I was firefighting, I always made time to go <laughs> um, archery elk hunting in September. Oh, yeah, two months. <laughs> well, I'd like it to be two, but usually like two to three weeks. You know, just. <laughs> No, it was two months. My, my time to get away, and, and I really enjoy it. And I, so my brother and I, we always go, and and uh, we've been successful. You know, I, I'll have to say it's uh feel pretty fortunate, the place we hunt down in eastern Oregon. We, we do pretty well, even though there's not a lot of animals, we do pretty well there. And um, this year was uh, kind of a special year, I guess you would say, or kind of a, a year to remember. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And um. It kind of started out in, well, I think it was right after our bear hunt. And my brother shot a nice bear, and we're coming out of the canyon with it. And a buddy of ours, Brett, was with us, and he and I were packing the bear out, and and Ron was packing the head and hide out. And we, Brett and I go right to the top of the mountain, and Ronnie, he's lagging behind, and finally gets to the top and says, hey, man, that He'll kind of kick my butt, and usually he doesn't say much about stuff like that. <laughs> He's mad a few words, and uh, turns out about a week and a half later, he was in the hospital with a heart issue, and uh, so in June, he had open-heart surgery, and 50 years old, shocked us all, of course, him especially, <laughs> he, you know, he... Uh, didn't understand why a guy like him in pretty good shape has a problem, but it turns out it was a genetic issue, and they were able to fix it, and he started his recovery, and he didn't know if he was going to make it for elk hunting season or not, but he's stubborn, and he was working on it pretty damn hard, and uh, so he he uh, worked on it to get ready to go. Well, in the meantime, I had scheduled to have a large lump taken out of my hip which just ended up being a fatty tumor and i've had these removed before and i thought hey you know no big deal i'm gonna be going again just like the ones before and it was about the size of an orange which 
Grapefruit. Grapefruit, Bobby says, yeah. <laughs> it was big. It was big, wasn't it? Yeah. It was kind of gross. It was. Yeah, I had to send the picture to Bobby first thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I sent it to everybody. Everybody, yeah. But uh, it ended up being underneath the muscle, and I have like a giant six-inch scar on my hip. Had 20 staples in there, a drain tube with 10 inches of it in my hip for over two weeks. And uh, so that was in July. So here I am limping around. Ronnie's trying to get his wind back. And we, <laughs> and so we show up down there not knowing how either one of us are going to do. Now, granted, uh, there are some places down there where are fairly flat, but there's not that many elk. And where we hunt elk is steep and deep, you know. And so it's like I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go in those places uh, right away anyway. And so, anyway, we for both of us, it was kind of tough for a while. And about a weekend, we actually started doing pretty well. And uh, getting around, we went a little bit deeper. And uh, kind of the short of the long story is, I ended up shooting a real nice six-point bull um, about two miles in in this roadless area that we hunt. Uh, really nice bull. Uh, cow called him in to ten yards. I ended up shooting him head on. He's facing right at me. He, he came down. I cow called and he came down the trail like a dog. He just had his nose on the ground going like hell and came to log and stopped and lift his head up. And I, I shot him and it was a really good shot. Slunk the, sunk the arrow clear to its fletch. And uh, it ran down there, ran into a tree, a dead snag, broke off two of its tines. Never had that happen before. It was the loudest crash I ever heard. I didn't get to see it. He disappeared, but it was something else. <laughs> Snapped him off, and I got down there, and, was, you know, still really nice bull, regardless of all that. And Ron showed up, and and then we were deciding, well, how, how are we going to get this thing out of here? You yeah, know? Two, two crippled old men trying to get two a big crippled. old elk out of this <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know. <laughs> That's what we thought, too. We're like, how the hell are we going to get this out of here? I'm like, what do you think, Ron? You, you know, and he goes, I'm taking a shoulder. I'm like, okay. I'll put on the hind quarter. And, and so we limped and... and Drug and drug and drawled. And drawled. <laughs> uh, we, I shot that thing like at, um, I think it was around 7.30 in the morning. And we got back to our camp. Our camp is our how old house that we have there and uh we got back at 3 30 <laughs> so it was kind of a long day and then like a dumbass i went back in and and got more <laughs> <laughs> and i could hardly walk the next day but uh you know i kind of think it was one of those deals where you know after that ronnie really started doing well he just pushed himself enough you know to get his wind and and uh they had to deflate his lungs you know that was probably the biggest issue for him you know clearly the chest was sore but getting yeah, when you get open heart surgery open heart yeah holy cow yeah that's, so, that's not good that's not good no but and he was a little sore from that but after that he did really well and unfortunately he never did you know get a chance of shooting an elk but it was it was quite an experience and you know we both felt pretty fortunate that we could just like Britton said get our old cripple asses out there <laughs> so uh, now we're moving along pretty good, but you know it was, it's definitely one to remember. That was really cool, Bobby. You went on a, a deer hunt. You know last what weekend? happened? You went hunting, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Did you kill anything? Oh yeah. Well, 
that was that was one of those uh it was one of those moments that you know hunting back in the old stomping grounds where you grew up you know where your dad taught you all mm-hmm. all of what you know you know as far as being out in the woods and how to do all all that stuff it was uh it was a, a really uh what do i want to say uh, not eye-opening but it, but it was just something that that you knew dad was was basically directing you mm-hmm. on what was going on <laughs> because we you know we hunted in the morning and you know we got that snow and the snow dropped way down low i mean it was down to 1100 feet and we hunted in the morning and and uh blew off a small legal buck and and my nephew i mean he he'd shoot a doe if he if he could because he, he just wants he, meat. He, he wanted the meat he yeah wanted, he wanted to shoot something that's you know? why we do it right yeah so uh missed an opportunity first thing in the morning and and um we finally decided that you know let's go let's go drive around the old haunt and where we uh, where we grew up hunting and and just see you know because I know there's a lot of snow up there and I don't even know how far up we can get so we we take off and we're driving down the road and, and uh, you know we're not seeing many deer tracks because nothing's really moving yet and it's still early in the morning it's like ten o'clock you know ten thirty and um, we're driving down the road and, and hey let's let's go into let's go into you know of all places big buck canyon <laughs> big buck canyon is where we shot one of the biggest bucks that that uh, we've killed you know within our family and group that, that we hunt with you know over the years and of course we decided let's go walk into big buck canyon okay so we drive up there and and uh we get out and we start hoofing it down this old uh dugout cat road and, and uh it takes you over and you can look down into this this big drainage and we get over there and Mike and Colton and Mark, they, they take off and go one direction. And of course, you know me, I always got to look at something else. So I'm, I'm down looking at another way. And, and all of a sudden I get this whistle and I look over there and, and, and Colton's waiting. He's get over here now. That's, come your, here, come nep- here, come that's here. your nephew, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I go hoof it over there, you know, and we're in like uh, 10, 11 inches of snow, mm-hmm. you know, and, I hoof it over there really quick, and, and he goes, oh, we got, we got a good one spotted. And I'd been looking at that thing, and, of course, where I was at, I didn't pack my spotting scope with me like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And I'd looked at that spot, and I said, man, that looks like a big buck bedded down. But, of course, it's like three miles. So, you know, looking with 10-power binoculars, I mean, you can spot stuff with that right. snow. I mean, they stand out stand like out. Yeah. you know what. It's nice. But I... I had looked at it and I thought, well, Mark's got a spotting scope. I'll look at it in, in a few minutes when I get over there, you know, because I knew right where the spot was. Well, it was. It was a big buck bedded down. And they had it with the spotting scope and I'm looking at it and, and I go, man, do you guys realize where that's at? <laughs> it's about the furthest pot from the from the road you could get. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bottom of the canyon's all locked off. Uh, you know, you can't take it out the bottom. You're going to have to pack it back up out of there. I said, do you really want that deer? And Colton, oh, absolutely, I'll pack it out of there. You know, I mean, he's got a big S on his chest. You know, yeah. you, you can yeah. do shit like that. Yeah, when you're when you're a young oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can't we can't go over the top because there's way too much snow to go over the top and only take a half hour to get over to where the animals at. We got to drive all the way back around, hour and a half. 
So by the time you get over there, you know, <laughs> is the deer even in the general vicinity of yeah. where he was at, you know? Yeah. So we'd already made a game plan on, on what they were going to do, and, and we got to the right spot and bailed out, and then they proceeded to tell me that I can't go over the hill. Why? Well, let me think. <laughs> three, three, heart, three heart attacks later, uh, you good. know, that whole hereditary thing. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm told that I have to guard the truck. You're a good truck guard, though. Oh, he's I'm a, good, a I'm a good truck guard. He's a I'm good, telling you, he's a good truck guard. Oh yeah, yeah. That was just dandy. <laughs> That's the first time in my life that I've ever, you know, just had to like sit out. Yeah. I mean, it was just. Uh, I had a problem with that. <laughs> I had an attitude for a little. I while. bet you did. We're up I, to we're up to three crippled old men now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what. Well, the thing is, we figured out it was like 680 feet vertical in 600 yards. Yeah. So it's straight up and down, down clear at the bottom of the canyon. Yeah. You know? And it, the thing that was really funny is, is by the time we got over there, we figured out Dad had directed us over to Big Buck Canyon in the first place. You know. Yeah. Now, now you should say that what you're talking about is you, you lost your dad recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dad passed away a little yeah. over a year ago. And, yeah. And, <laughs> It was just so he's you know, above directing. Him. Oh yeah, he's he's just directing traffic as per usual. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and of course it was like it was like the last year, one of the last year that he shot. Yeah. You know, he's sitting down at the truck waiting for us, and of course we push an animal out. He shoots the animal, and then and then he yells up there, hey, you know, hey, you bring it to me. Yeah, knock knock the guts out of it and bring it down to the, down to the truck. You know, I'm looking at him going. What the hell? You know, I mean, really? You know, I just, I just pushed it out for you. Well, you should have done that while you're guarding a truck. Yeah. Don't laugh. I, I'm sitting at the truck. Now they, they've already, all three of them have gone down over the hill. They snuck down to within 250 yards of the animal. He shot the animal, and they're down there boning everything out and and packing up the pack frames. And I'm sitting in the rig, and I. And I keep hearing something down in front of me. And all of a sudden, here comes some ears. And I'm going, oh, my God. I got deer right here in front of me, you know, right next to the... And, and there had been, I don't know, half a dozen vehicles drive by, you know. And, and of course, you know me. Yeah. Get the gun out. Jack a shell in. Get all ready. And I'm sitting there watching pretty soon. One, two, three. I get up to 11 and I'm going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> 11 does and fawns come out, you know, onto the ridge. Not a buck. Not a horn. Not a horn Jeez. in the whole bunch. I'm going, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm guarding a truck, and I, I mean, here I am doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, and, and being the nice guy. And so, anyhow, they, 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 Colton did a good job, shot the deer. They went down, boned it out, and uh, packed it back, back up in, in the... 10 inches of snow and awesome. straight up and down. Oh, it was fantastic. It was just, you know, one of those things that, that that's what we grew up doing. Absolutely. You know, spot and stock. And, you know, we spotted it from, like I said, probably it was a minimum of two and a half yeah. miles away in, in the first place. Yeah. And there was another legal buck with it. You know me. Hey, that if, it, if it's okay, shoot that other buck. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they decided once they saw where they were at, they weren't going to shoot that other deer. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike decided he didn't want to shoot a deer and tag it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was actually fantastic. That's cool. uh, we got the thing out. We, uh, we all had a, uh, when we got back to the house, we got out, uh, 
the uh, old uh, old Bushmills Irish whiskey and had a drink to Dad. And, there you go. Yep, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. That was a healthy looking buck too. Yeah, yeah, it was a good. It was a good. You know, it was really strange because that deer looked like a an old animal. I mean, gray face. But the neck on it, I mean, it, it was it was really swollen up, and it was a good sized deer. Yeah. It, was, it was a good, a good heavy deer, yeah. but it was only about a three and a half year old animal. No, oh, I mean, it was a so, young huh? animal. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't know. I'd have been happy with that. We, yeah. <laughs> I, took, I would too if it was closer to the road. <laughs> yeah, we took my daughter Michelle out, you know, while yeah. you guys were out there, and yeah. we we never saw leave a buck. So that when I saw that photo, I was like, wow, jeez. Well, of course, we didn't get to hunt in the snow. I'm telling you what we we saw we saw four legal bucks that day. Yeah, I mean you know mm-hmm. it, like I said, it, when we're on our way out on this hour and a half trek back mm-hmm. around, on our way out, of course we come around uh, come around a corner. Stop! 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 The hillside, you know, you're looking up on mm-hmm. one of those burnt burnt hillsides. Yeah. You know, you can't see generally during the during yeah. the season with the willows and everything else. <laughs> There's deer Everywhere. all over the hill. We counted like 14 deer. Yeah. I said, you know, let's just take our time and look at these because this is a lot easier than what the we're one, going to do. It's in the bottom of Big Buck Canyon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Figures. we never did see a, a horn in, in that whole bunch. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was just all of a sudden they got up and started feeding in the middle of the day. Yeah. And, Crazy. It was fun. Yeah, that's fun. Well, should we talk some fishing after the break? Let's do it. Let's talk some Sounds fishing. Good. We'll be right back. We want to thank you for listening to the We Are Outdoorsman podcast. And as a thank you, we have sweatshirts, great sweatshirts that I know you'll like with the trademark We Are Outdoorsman logo and an antler down the sleeve. Go to HerodOutdoors.com and at checkout, enter WAO20. That's WAO20. You get $10 off. And it's only for those of you listening to this podcast. All right. Welcome back. Definitely go get one of those sweatshirts. They're uh, extremely comfy. And uh, I know a guy who designed them. And uh, <laughs> it was, it's a very good design job on it. The, the logo is pristine. The antlers are amazing. And uh, I, think his, I think his arm hurts from patting his back a lot. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> it's a good sweatshirt. What can I say? It is an awesome sweatshirt. So. And he did do an awesome job, all yeah. kidding aside. So, so go use that code at HerodOutdoors.com. We are going to jump into some fishing talk. And uh, recently, Bobby and I went down to Vernita and fished with uh, one of our good friends, Mike Roth, at Team Takedown Guide Service. Um, it was a good day of fishing. We uh, we what, pulled in four fish. And uh, we'll let Bobby talk a little bit about um, you know that late fall fishery. Well, you know, that, that Bernita fishery is, is a fantastic fishery, and, and there's a lot of people that fish it. But, uh, you know, those fall fall Chinooks, that's where they go to spawn. That is the the spot. So whatever fall fish are coming up the Columbia River, they go to Priest Rapids right there, to the Priest Rapids Dam. And that whole Bernita fishery is uh, a really a really good fishery um you know when you start talking about fish being 400 miles 500 miles from the salt water you know especially uh that are traveling from you know september on you still have those warm waters 
by the time they get up there, you know, the fish are a little bit colored and they don't look good. Let me tell you what, you'd be, you'd be amazed at how well they cut. I mean, they, they are still in good shape. They're not going to spawn for another month. Um, you know, the, these fish are, are fantastic fish. And that whole, that whole fishery kind of revolves around the whole trolling aspect whether you're upriver trolling, downriver trolling, um, which has become a, a, a really big fishery the last couple of years. Um, you know, you're, you're still fishing with uh, 360 degree flashers, uh, spinners, or some type of, of lure that, that has some type of action on it. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun because, uh, the way that they jack the water around down there, you know, they'll, they'll move the water 10, 12 feet in a day, which just basically shuts fish off. So one day you might take customers out and you might catch uh, one or two fish and miss one or two bites that are just marginal bites. And the next day you might catch 10, 12 fish. Mm-hmm. It just depends on, you know, how they're playing around with the water. Um, how many fish are up there and it, it, it's a, it can be a very very tough fishery at times but the fact remains is there's a lot of fish there because of the fact that's where they're all going so when Britt and I went down and fished with uh, Mike and Jillian it was uh, it was a lot of fun we actually hit one of those days when the fish were on the bite I mean by 11 o'clock we'd We'd landed four fish and missed, uh, oh, three or four different bites and lost a fish or two. And, you know, it, it was uh, it was actually really good fishing. Um, you know, we fished with our uh, our new scent flash flashers. Um, our now, new... How'd those work this time? Game changer. Oh, Game yeah. Changer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, having when you're able to put out scent, you know, yeah. and, and attract fish to to that scent, you know, it, it's fantastic. It, mm-hmm. it, it's like legalized chumming yeah and yeah. you know it, it, it's a great deal it, it works very very well yeah. and uh, you know on top of it instead of fishing a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, other baits and stuff that they use over the years you know a lot of people have gone to the new uh, I shouldn't say new but to the three and a half inch spinners you don't have to use bait anymore right you know it's just it's like totally changed and all of a sudden these spinners are working fantastic so you're fishing a spinner with no bait on it no scent no nothing but we've got the uh, scent flash which has that scent and then you've got the uh uh salmon tech spinners that that we've been uh, Mm -hmm. fishing the last couple years and, and they work phenomenal yeah so you know, it it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Did very very well. Britain caught a few fish. Uh, Britain caught, caught a fish. Britain caught a fish. I didn't lose a fish. <laughs> I didn't even lose one. Which was, yeah, he, which was he, new. He, he yeah. There's no side planters, Richie. So. Oh, okay. No big yeah. yeah. He caught a good one. I mean, he caught one one yeah. really nice fish, like twenty two, right in that neighborhood, twenty three. Yeah, they're not monster fish, but they're another no. fun fish. No, but, you know, that fishery, I mean, they just had the, the King of the Reach uh, fishery, you know, uh, CCA does that uh, that uh, derby right. after everything is shut down. And what it is, is we help the hatchery 
um, the people that get involved, they basically go out and catch fish, take them over to the shore, give them to the uh, the uh, WDFW, to the hatchery folks. Right. And they take them to the hatchery to spawn them. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, so is what you're doing is, you, is you're taking those fish out of the system and utilizing them for the hatchery itself to in order to have eggs and and yeah, cool. fish for the next year oh it, it, it's that a phenomenal makes phenomenal a, makes fishermen feel like you're part of the oh part absolutely of the process yeah. absolutely you're, yeah. you're part you're part of fixing the problem right and uh it, it went fantastically well this year i mean they caught almost 1200 fish i think the winter had what 68 oh yeah the winter had like 68 fish oh, in that's three a two day period, three oh. day yeah i mean so you know it, it was it was good fishing that's awesome but uh yeah, no, they they did very very well. Everybody was part of the the part of the fix, right. and you know it, it went fantastic. Hmm. So they they caught they caught some good fish too. They caught some forties, forty twos, forty fours. Holy smokes! I mean, they got some really nice fish. Those are big. Yeah, those are toads. <laughs> those are toads. Not quite as big as you know. Oh well, maybe not. I. I guess maybe that, you know, 17, 18 pounder I got didn't oh. quite match up to that. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, COVID's been weird. We uh, haven't got to fish a ton. Every, it seems like everyone's fishing but the people in the industry. Yeah. It's, they keep us busy. It was kind of making us mad, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 it really, it, it was really a strange situation because of the fact that, you know, we couldn't do anything for, because we were shut down up here. We, we had to cancel, what, four trips? Yeah, so here and, in Washington State, the, the issue was that you could fishing opened up, up finally. Actually, we were the only state in the Union for a while that couldn't fish, which that was pretty disappointing to bonkers. us. But then once we finally opened up, there was a rule that you had to be of the same household. So like a family member or at least if you were... Well, we live here. Together. So <laughs> well, yeah. I, have a, I have a bed downstairs, so... Yeah. <laughs> So we, you know, for a while there, we weren't going out because we, we weren't supposed to. And then, you know, things changed a little bit where that got more loosened up or there were ways to get around it. But yeah, for a while we couldn't, we couldn't fish. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it, we, just we were watched, not happy. We just watched people fish. All yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we watched everything on Facebook. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, is what it did is it pushed all of our fisheries into a short time frame yeah we had we had to get out and do what we needed to do sure. really quick and sure. you know whether it was shooting uh well, shows that was just it, was... it it was like a, trying to film oh. our shows we had stuff planned and we couldn't film our shows oh and... we couldn't go to canada we, we couldn't yeah do, we, you know... we haven't been able to go to canada up yeah. there where we've been filming shows we couldn't do it here but it was just no. uh it was terrible no, it, 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 it <laughs> for, yeah. for outdoorsmen, it was terrible. Oh, no. And, I mean, we were rolling around on the ground, kicking our feet in the air, yeah. and having fits, and, you know, <laughs> it just, it, it really sucked all yeah, the way around. All the way around. But, yeah. you know, once they finally, finally opened it up, I mean, we were able to do a little bit, but, uh, you know, we just, we, we haven't really fished that much. Uh, you know, we mm. went to Flaming Gorge. Did the, the Flaming Gorge went, stuff. Went to Wallawa Lake. Right yeah, went to Wallawa. And you could uh, do stuff in Oregon. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, we were able to do stuff in other states, but yeah. we couldn't do couldn't it do here. It here. So. Well, too dangerous. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we're pretty lucky though that uh, even though we missed some of that that early season fishing, that we have some fisheries in uh, north central Washington that we can fish here around, like you know Lake Chelan, fishing for those kokanee up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that uh, you know that's something that that a lot of uh, a lot of areas, you know, uh, we were kind of talking about it earlier. 
you know, the whole Kokanee uh, craze really derived out of uh, NorCal and, you know, has basically gone north. You know, it came up through Oregon, Washington, and now up into Canada, into BC. And, you know, a lot of these fisheries can't or don't fish very well during the wintertime. And uh, one of the things that we're really fortunate with is with, you know, Lake Chelan being uh, right here in our backyard, you know, it, it fishes year round. So you can go out and, and at least go catch some fish, uh, you know, and there's enough fish in, in Chelan that to go out and catch a limit of, of kokanee is not really hard. I mean, uh, you know, you're putting up with 20 degrees and, and sure. a 10 knot wind and, you know, it feels like uh, 182 below and, you know, <laughs> but as long as you can hide inside and yeah. everything, you know, you, you can at least get out. The fish are biting and, yeah. and, and that makes a huge difference. And it, and it is like an anomaly compared to most of the uh, Washington or Oregon, California fisheries. So it's uh, it's something that you know we have coming up. It, it's a fantastic fishery. does does uh, fish very very well during the winter, and you know it's something that, that we personally originated over the last uh, yeah. 10, 12 years. The cool thing about it, of course, is the lake is so big it never freezes over. So it's one of the you know between it and the Columbia, we have tons of open water around here. Yeah, all yeah. through the winter, and that's a nice thing about Chelan is it stays open. The fish are quite a bit deeper. You know, than what we fish for them, say in June when they're they can be more shallow, but they'll they'll hold down around 100 feet pretty consistently, um, and they're not as concentrated, so they're a little more scattered than than normal. But boy, a, a, a couple hours, you know, con- kind of concentrating on a few places where you're marking them, and like Bobby said, you'll get some really nice fish in the boat, and it's a great thing to do when it's you know there's not much else to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and then on the on the uh, opposite side of that, you you've got the uh, the walleye fisheries. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got uh, tremendous fisheries up here, not only on the Columbia, but some of the impounds that don't freeze up. Yes, you know, and and it uh, it's it it's kind of a neat thing because we do have these these fisheries that do fish year round mm-hmm. that most people don't have. Right. So it, it it's fantastic. At least we can get out and go do something, you know, open water trolling. Open water um, trolling, yeah. Sure. Uh, jigging, uh, you know, a number of different things that, that a lot of people are not able to do. Yeah. The walleye are kind of a little bit like the kokanee in that they go deeper this time of year. Obviously, yeah. everything's following food, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So whereas absolutely. the water, the lakes turn over and things like that, you're getting... You know the food is is well, in different little, places. Little fish, little fish, they they don't like it up they, in the cold, <laughs> so they got to get down to a spot. You know where yeah, they, it's a little bit warmer. Exactly, trying to find a warm spot in the yeah. water column, and it just happens to be a lot deeper. It's a lot know. deeper, yeah. So yeah. you know, we for for all these things, you you got to use some different tactics. So I mean, that's kind of the point. Is sure, sure, you got to fish a little bit deeper, and and you got to troll a lot slower for walleye than you might normally do. They they don't chase as much. They're lethargic. Oh, absolutely. But, when, man, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a cold water walleye. I mean. Oh, yeah. When they boy. are that deep, are, are you still, you know, bottom bouncing for them? Well, you, we are. Um, we're still doing that or just a, a weight on a slider. It works a little bit better because you're actually presenting your 
your lure a little closer to the bottom and, and you can go a little bit slower and there's not as much movement. Like I said, they're lethargic, so they're not going to chase. So they're really, it's about, you know, utilizing scent and matching what they're eating that time of year. Darker yeah. colors. Match the hatch, baby. Match the hatch. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Got a couple options with a smile blade there. Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's the great thing about smile blade, you know. Uh, of all of the ultra lightweight uh, spinner blades that are out there, it still is one of the only ones that you can fish it, you know, way slower and still get it to spin. Exactly. And, and you know, create some type of movement that attracts those fish, but you're still, you're slow trolling. Really I mean, slow. I mean, we, we, we've trolled down less to it than a, a quarter mile an hour almost. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, you know I'll, I'll go like point four to oh, point yeah. six, you know. Sure. You kind of have to dangle it right in front of their face to, to some degree, but... yeah. But uh, what we'll do is um, take smile blades that are smaller profile and just go to beads, for example, maybe a couple beads and a, and a small smile blade. Sure, sure. And then really go slow. And like Bobby said, you know, they, they uh, rotate slowly, but it's, so you're still getting attraction and you're, and you got colors up the gazoo. I mean, you can yeah. choose whatever you want. Well, you want. can create any type of forage base in the system. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's pretty nice. And UV. Yeah, super depth, high UV, especially when you're fishing that deep. To me, that's kind of a game changer that you can have UV attraction at that depth. Sure. Because even with dark colors, you get an interesting glow at that depth, and and that's what the fish will bite. And like I say, boy, them fish, I you love, know, it's, it's, I love it, eating them. It's oh, amazing yeah. <laughs> what what they what they see as far as colors because you know uh, what we look at on top of the surface yeah, is yeah. one thing. What they look at right. down there, you know, is totally different. But you know we're we're really fortunate up here in north central washington most of our waters including the columbia are, are mm-hmm. extremely extremely clear versus you know right. fishing other areas yeah so yeah you get that you get that uv and and it works absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. yeah absolutely awesome well that's all the time we have today, and I know we have uh, some other uh, podcasts in line to talk a little bit more about the fishing and hunting and the specifics of it. Um, this is going to be a, a once-a-month show for now. Um, we'll be mixing in kind of mini podcasts uh, throughout the month that uh, kind of fill that space, and uh, you know, there's definitely plans to grow that into a a uh, more frequent podcast um what we need from you guys is is if you guys can just like and subscribe to this um go like our facebook page the we are outdoorsman podcast on facebook and um ask us questions send a a message there or to max lures uh, or uh, to herod outdoors's facebook pages we uh we want to hear your questions we want to answer your questions and that's what we're here for um, we will be back next month. Um, we're going to try to release these on the, the first Wednesday of every month. So um, be on the lookout for that. As long as you hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified that there's a new episode. Um, this was fun. Um, we, we hope to, you know, hopefully, you know, get you a little bit more knowledge about what we're doing. And um, we want to hear what you're doing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be posting pictures. We'll get Bobby's, uh, Bobby's nephew's deer up on the facebook page we'll get the elk that uh richie got up on the facebook page so you guys can see those and uh yeah we're excited to do this so um let us know your feedback comment on this and uh let's let's have fun